Coming up on this episode of the Unusable Podcast. Jacob's Law. A large glass of wine. And Andy's scam in a car park. Oh, I didn't scam them. Welcome to the Unusable Podcast, where we discuss the importance of user experience in technology and the world around us, and talk about great design that just works, or moan about it when it doesn't. Andrew. David. Can we introduce ourselves? Because I always, we always forget that bit. Yes. Who the f*** are you? Do you want to go first? Okay, go on then. I've, I've had a job title bump, haven't I? Have you? Since last podcast. Yeah. Oh, okay. Go on then. Yeah. So I am Andrew and I am CEO of a software company. That's scary, isn't it? Blimey. That sounds very, that sounds very prestigious. I know. I know. Yeah. Bit of um, imposter syndrome for sure. Really? But, yeah. But, ah, it's fine. But it's kind of cool, right? Uh, little old me. It's cool for you. Yeah, well. I Is see. it cool for you? Because there's more work. Stress, yeah. Lots of work <laughs> and lots and lots of stress. <laughs> it sounds like a nice idea, but uh, yeah. Right, well, I'm David Ball. I'm a front-end web and app developer. Still same for me. <laughs> <laughs> can I, can I, before we get onto the podcast, tell you about my headphones? It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah, not okay. a nightmare. It's not a usability nightmare, but it's, it's something mm. that is just a weird, weird quirk that happens. Right. Okay. So I've, I've got these new headphones that when you put them on, they will, uh, they automatically play the music that you that you will listen to when when you took them off, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, there's a button on to to sort of pause and play, just just like normal. So they they will always play the last piece of music that was on on your on your computer because I've got it connected to my computer. Mm-hmm. Um, but weirdly, I've noticed that we've started using um, Microsoft Teams at work recently. We we used to use Skype, but Skype was always slowing people's computers down, so we've moved to Teams. And um, and so what happens anyway? So after the after the I've had a Teams call. I'll go to turn my music back on. I'll press the button to uh, to play the music, and it starts playing the Teams calling music. And I think, oh, I've got another call. Someone's calling me on Teams, but it's not that at all. It's just it's decided that the music that it's playing is the <laughs> Teams music. <laughs> so- Right, okay. So it's like as if the headphones think, oh yeah, that's the music he wants to listen to. The cool music. Have you ever so had weird. that? Is this just me? That's... No, I've never had that. I do have really similar headphones to you, right? And um, yeah. so they have the same thing where you put your headphones on and it just plays what you were playing last. Oh, well, that, that's things. it, yeah. I put my headphones on after like lunchtime or something like that and I think, oh, how weird. I'm immediately getting a getting a call. But it's it's not. It's just that it's decided to play the cool music. All right, well, I get... I get whatever i was watching last on youtube or whatever yeah it can be really odd like i'll put them on just to go onto a call yeah and if i was watching youtube over lunch for example yeah it'll just stop playing it'll just stop playing youtube wow oh actually there's something that i was going to tell you that's related to this so i was in the gym um the other day and i've started using this um couch to 5k app Right. And so it's where it, you put this app on while you're running and uh, and someone will guide you through like running sessions of like half an hour each. And so the idea is you do three a week for however many weeks until you get to um, until you get to the ability where you can do 5K in one in one session. Right. Mm-hmm. But because I, I don't want to just listen to the app, I want to listen to some music as well. So what you have to do is start the, the music mm-hmm. and then turn the app on um, yeah. because on an Android phone, it's kind of it's it's a bit weird, isn't it? Normally, you can only have one 
piece of music playing at one time. Like if you've, yeah, well, um, that's, that's if you've what got I was your... thinking it should, doesn't it stop the music when you play the app? This is the thing. Yeah, this is the thing. So uh, it doesn't. It, it does something clever because if you were to listen to some music and then start playing a podcast, it, there's no chance that you could have both things running. Or or you listen to a podcast and then you start playing a game. It doesn't merge the two, does it? Usually, but with this app, it does. But it does have some problems. So the thing that I listen to, it's um, it's Sarah Millican, the the uh, comedian who like says, "Oh, you've got some runs to do today," and uh, that's not that's a terrible impression of Sarah Millican, but she she says like, "Oh, and here you go," <laughs> and it's really quite good. Um, <laughs> So that's the, so that's the encouragement that you need. That's the but, encouragement that I need. She says, you've got one minute left. And uh, so, but I, you, if, as long as you turn the music on first, hmm. and I, I like listen to some like really like fast paced music for running to, but I can't pause it. Because if I pause the music, I also pause Sarah Millican, which means that I don't oh. know when I'm going to finish the run. So somehow it kind of okay. blends all the audio into one thing. Um, <clears throat> so like, there's the times when I'm running and there's the times where I'm like having a, a bit of a break. If I was to pause my really, really fast music and put on a podcast for the few minutes that I'm walking, for example, I can't do that because if I mess with it, it breaks it. Yeah, but are you really changing? Like, I, don't, I don't know. So I'm, I'm an absolute not sports person. I've never been to a gym in my entire life. But as I imagine it, if I was working out, doing some pumping some iron or whatever it is that you do in a gym, I, I can't I'm, imagine... Lots of iron, absolutely. Yeah. I'm just... I'm just... <laughs> But I, so I can't a lot imagine... of people do five k just before breakfast. I'm I'm having to use a special app just to get up that that far. But but my point is, I can't imagine wanting to change like my music a lot in the middle of the workout. Like, is it, why is that uh, a regular? Yeah, okay, maybe, maybe maybe not. But they, but I have this. I play this music that's specifically the right. Uh, what's the word? Tempo or beat or whatever to the to the running. So so I wanted to change to a different track of music when I'm not running so that yeah uh yeah but if you if you mess with it then it, it throws the whole thing off it's you but i just thought it's kind of weird on the phone tempo. yeah i just want to change the tempo but um on your on a laptop on a mm-hmm. windows or um mac laptop or whatever it, you can have multiple music all playing together and it just sort of blends together doesn't it you know you can have yeah. youtube open yeah. in a tab in chrome you could have spotify open or something like that or you can watch a video from your desktop and it all just blends together but on a phone it doesn't normally yeah yeah but to be honest i think that's probably better like you yeah. probably don't want it to blend together most of the time most of the time yeah hmm. yeah also it kind of affects the volume as well so it's difficult to change the volume of one while change also changing the volume of the other like i might want the music to be a little bit lower but the voice of sarah Millican to be a bit louder and a bit clearer but you've got no like ability to do that if you were on your computer you mm. would be able to do that because each volume source has its own um volume slider doesn't it mm-hmm. but yeah it yeah. doesn't anyway never mind that's just that's just something something weird that that's that i noticed Andy, can I tell you about Jacob's Law? Well, actually, that's something that came up in the interview I did with um, Doug Collins, wasn't it? Yes. Okay, yes. That's the reason why I mentioned it, because in the interview, he mentions Jacob's Law. And I thought, well, we could talk about that. So let's do that. The words, the words. So Jacob's Law. So it's not a law. I'll tell you the... uh, Is it like Cole's Law? Cole's Law. Cole's Law is the law that... Chopped up vegetables taste better when they're smothered in mayonnaise. <laughs> Coles, Coles law. That's Coles law. Right, it's not that. Okay. <laughs> 
So users, this is Jacob's law, law now, mm-hmm. users spend most of their time on other sites. Yeah. This means that users prefer your site to work the same way as all the other sites they already know. Correct. Like basically stick to conventions, right? Stick to conventions. Yeah. We don't, we don't, yeah. I mean, how much do we want to go into this? Um, but that's essentially, that is essentially it. But okay, first let's talk, who is Jacob? Who is Jacob? Who is Jacob? He's Jacob. Our, he's our friend. Why, why, why are we, why are we, well, not this, not this Jacob. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Who's Jacob Nielsen? So he is a usability advocate and principal of the Nielsen Norman Group. Yeah. And they're like into usability and stuff. They do user experience, research, training, consulting, stuff like that. So Yeah, and of course the other name in that pairing is Don Norman, who's a famous writer and used uh, to work for Apple. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So yeah, Jacob's Law, it's not the sort of law like you don't it's not something that you have to follow. It's just one of those things that it is what it is. Yes. It describes how things are. It's like a law of nature. Yes. So I found an article. Okay. Um, that just kind of explains this a little bit more. Yeah. So key takeaways, really. So when people on your website, based on past experiences, mm-hmm. users will transfer expectations from one familiar thing to another. And this doesn't even necessarily apply to websites. This could be anything. This could be anything that you can use. Yeah. No, I know. I know what you mean. Like a door handle. Like users understand from using door handles their whole life how they work. So if, if you were to do a door handle, for example, you had to pull up instead of down to open the door, they would get massively confused by that. So exactly. The expect, that's because of this learned expectation. Yeah, right? learned expectation. Another way, another way to describe that is a common design language. So when you're designing the door handle, you're basing it on previous designs. Yeah. So I th- but I think even locally within, so this is something that I try and enforce in our app is consistency. Yeah. So we have lots of different dashboards that do different things, but we try and be we try to be consistent between them. So where we have a table, the table always functions the same. Where we have a drop down menu, the drop down menu always functions the same. Yeah. So um even at a local level within our product, we we try and have cons- consistency. It's, it's a difficult thing to maintain. It's a difficult thing. You've got different people working on the same product. Different yeah. I and also over time, right? Our product is like something like uh 10 years old at this point yeah the people that worked on it 10 years ago are not the people that are working on it now so trying to keep that consistency is really difficult yeah i was working uh i, I was using a website earlier today and i can't think what, what website it was but there was clearly a bit that was designed a long time ago and a bit that was designed at a different time yeah because things look different and yeah. the buttons look yeah. different so the button to proceed was always the same it was a green square type thing yeah. and then when you get to a certain bit it actually was a, a link type button yeah so it's just it's just jarring yeah it's just jarring when suddenly you're looking for one thing and uh there's another thing it changes yeah, yeah it, it, changes. it just just changes well, I, th- I think the way to solve that though at least at a local level within your own within an application or something is to have a really strong uh set of um ux style guide essentially so you have these components defined in how they should look probably a sample of code about how developers can recreate that again and again and again if you have that style guide it means that you can then enforce that right and you can if anyone doesn't follow it you just go look we have the style guide Um, but that's obviously at a local level uh i'm talking about there but obviously jacob's law is more uh wider than that right it's yeah it's it's across the web and 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 one of the can i tell you my biggest bugbear 
Yeah. Personally, which I think falls under Jacob's Law, which is where people reinvent form controls instead of using the browser's built-in ones. Oh, my God. So, you yeah. know, when you go to, like, a web form that you've got to fill in some details? Yeah. And there's, like, the browser has, I don't know, like, a built-in drop-down menu. And you know that that works well for accessibility. You can tab to it. It just, you know, works in this consistent, un- unknown way. Yeah. But then occasionally you'll come across a form where, because they wanted to style it in a way that the default one doesn't support or something something like that, or maybe the developer was naive, they've... And they made their own drop-down out of divs instead or something yeah. horrible. They've made it and, in JavaScript. And yeah. it just doesn't work. You can't tab to it. It breaks all the conventions. And it's just yeah. horrible. And that comes down to, like, I have an expectation that a drop-down is going to work the way I expect and, yeah. I wanna, and the way I want to use it. Yeah. And, and it just doesn't And someone else has, has, has created something different just to match a design that a designer's had. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is frustrating. In fact, but, but equally, I, f- I feel that that's probably born out of so the web is a hugely flexible format, isn't it? Uh, you know, you can a designer can come up with virtually well an infinite number of permutations for a web design, right? Yeah. And in in the most that can be realised by a developer, they can make that happen. But the form An enthusiastic con- developer can yeah, make but, anything. Yes, but but form control is one of those weird things where actually they're hard to style, aren't they? Like you can make a div look like anything. You can round the corners. You can add backgrounds. You can do all sorts. But form controls. Yeah. In HTML. Yeah, I'm just I'm just looking something up because there is a there is a new type of HTML uh, form control. <gasps> what for, I think it's called the select menu. Okay. So, so you know you you um, earlier called it a drop down, but um, but what you meant I think is actually a select element. That's yes. that's the thing that With the option element inside it. The option element inside it. Yeah, that, yeah. that drops down underneath. But importantly, it does something different on mobile. Just just natively on mobile, it does something different. I mean, it actually does something different on Android and iOS as well. It displays... It's like a pop-up, isn't it? Yes, yeah, like a pop-up. But it's okay. But that's that, great because if you great. use the built-in control, you get that for free. You get yeah. that adaptation to different devices. But if you make your free. own, then you've... Yeah, it doesn't always work how you'd expect. And yeah. But mm-hmm. there's a there's a new one that's standard across all browsers. What is it called? I said it earlier. I think it's called Select Menu. Uh, what's that? I, I've never heard of that. What does that do? Oh, so uh, what I was going to say is, so a, a reason why people don't use the select is because you can't add formatting inside the options. Whereas this, this select menu, um, the entire thing can be styled. Okay. The options inside and the, the thing around it. So you've got full control of over how it looks, but all of the functionality is baked in. Okay. So, so you, you get the functionality. Two questions. Is it... Otherwise, the same. Uh, no, it it's more flexible. Okay, so but it basically is the same idea that you've got options to choose from, and you can pick one yeah. of those options. Yeah. Okay. And um, oh, I forgot my other question. Now. Is it in all browsers? I oh, that was my question. Yeah, backwards compatibility and things like that. Back, it won't have backwards compatibility. So uh, how? As far so as what would so so what would happen in say like an old version of IE or something? Would it just fall over does it fall back to a select box like how does that work i didn't prepare for these answers for these questions <laughs> <laughs> it's a html element that just old browsers just wouldn't know what to do with so i assume it yeah. would just be invisible okay interesting um yeah now can i play you a little bit of uh, jacob nielsen himself if you violate Jacob's law of inside user experience and you do things differently, just to kind of, oh, let's try some new fancy thing. 
No, because then people are not going to know how to use it. They'll be confused. And if people are confused on the web, what most often happens is they just leave. You know, the back button beckons. The back button is very attractive on the web. The back button is very, very attractive, attractive on the web. <laughs> mm, very attractive. I like that he says, if you try and do something different, no. <laughs> no, no difference. No difference. So this is where I feel like the web is almost like its own worst enemy. Okay, so the web gives you all this flexibility to create whatever you want. Right? Yeah. You can you can all the tools to, s- to really invent stuff. But, but actually But actually you shouldn't do that. Because no one wants it and it makes things complicated. Yeah, so we've kind of got this like double edged sword, haven't we? Like the standard allows all this flexibility. The standard, yeah. the standard is very loose. Yeah. HTML, HTML, CSS, it's a very loose you standard. Do you, you can do what you want with it. But yet the best practice and the advice is don't do that. Do you think we'd be better if HTML was more rigid? If every website in the world looked the same, if it was more like a Facebook page where there's this rigid format and you're only allowed to choose your picture and your logo and everything else is consistent. Is that good or is that awful? Well, I mean, what you're describing there is just HTML without CSS. If you write some HTML... With default styles. With default styles. You've got your paragraphs and your headings and your form inputs and stuff like that. Yeah. It looks it looks how it looks. It'll look different in each browser probably, but it'll be it'll be consistent. Well, Apple, Apple did that thing, didn't they, where for certain websites they stripped the styles away to make it format better for news articles, didn't they? Reading, that, reading mode. Reading mode, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Which is essentially that, right? Which is it's essentially that. Taking the CSS away to give you a easier to read mode without all the adverts and nonsense and JavaScript and yeah, it really strips crazy, everything away. Crazy styles, and it makes everything consistent, no matter which website you get it from. Yeah, it makes it consistent so that you've got a consistent experience. I, I think there's a, a time and a place for that. Yeah, but that that feels a bit strange though, because as a website owner, I guess I have different motives, right? I want to show people my news with my brand and I want to show that do you know what I mean I want them to people know they're hung up on their own brand I don't know do people really care if you look well, at all famous authors pe- people probably don't but as a like as the content creator I've spent my time making content like for example our podcast right like if we just pushed our podcast out and we couldn't have our brand on it our stamp on it if people didn't know they were listening to the unusual podcast would we still be as keen to do it like a whole part of what we do surely is the fact that we people know it's us right we we are no like it wouldn't be cool if it was just some content that or if it was read out by a computer voice i think we could be easily replaced by computers yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh the robot revolution is coming well uh funny you should say about um so um so i found an article called will so it's about jacob's law will users love for well-known patterns kill ux innovation so this, that's, that's, well, that is a question. That's that the I question, pretty, isn't uh, it? But I pretty much directly asked that to Doug Collins on the interview, right? Yeah, okay. Um, and he said that he didn't... I think he said he didn't feel it killed innovation, but it's just about keeping to those uh, patterns that people know. And if you're going to break from the pattern, you better have a good reason for it and be able to justify it. Yeah. Which I think sometimes you can do, right? If you're doing an exper- more of an experience website and you know you're only t- targeting a specific niche audience, you probably can be a bit more free with the um, user's expectations yeah I don't know, if you're building if you're building a website for I don't know an art gallery 
who are doing a special experience, a special one-off exhibition, and it's all about a particular thing. Like you, you kind of expect some boundaries to be pushed and to do something amazing. I think, I think that's okay. I think there's a difference there between an experience website and one that just is giving you the content. I don't know where that division is, but there is definitely a time yeah. where you just want to read an article and you want yes. the text to be plain, not in Comic Sans or any sort of scripty font. You just want to, you just want it to be consistent and nice and normal. But there's another time where you're open for, you, you're going to let it give you some feelings. You're going to let it touch I your I know heart. what you mean. It's the, it's the <laughs> difference between to use a terrible analogy if you go shopping sometimes you want to go to the supermarket and you want to get in and get the things that you need for a meal and get yeah. out and you're not interested in anything else and you're just going to you do just that. want your groceries you and know where they are yeah yeah and other times you, you're going to walk down a really lovely sort of niche street in a city and go in all the little weird boutique shops and have a browse and take your time and yeah. take in the atmosphere and those two things you're in a very different mindset when yeah. you it's both it's shopping both of them are shopping but what you know in one scenario you you want something very different from it than the other I think that is a very good example. Yeah. yeah. But going back to what I said a minute ago about Apple's reader mode and things like that, stripping back all the formatting and, and yeah. everything like that, I feel like there should be still a way that the, the website owner can add, a, add their slight degree of expression. So they should be limited, so it still looks nice and consistent and people can easily read it. Yeah. But why don't Apple... In fact, maybe they do this, to be honest. I've never really looked into Apple's reading mode. But why can't you still, I don't know, add a logo, add a bit of colour, just one, but in very, uh, in a set few ways, right? Don't allow infinite customization. just allow a couple of things yeah. to be changed to personalise it. Oh, you've just reminded me. So, you know, we were talking earlier about um, common form, uh, f- common form components, form mm-hmm. elements. Uh, one of the main reasons why people, as in designers and, and, and companies, would create their own version of those yeah. is because of branding because the, the yeah. standard checkbox looks pretty dull i mean but we, also we, we looks... know what it is but it looks it's not branded if your your brand's all about pink and whatever and the checkbox is going to be standard browser blue but also yeah. it's different on each browser isn't it and it is different diff- on each browser, and it, yeah. and it's different on each operating system yeah within that as well so um, yeah, you don't get a say in that. But also, you might design it with nice Apple rounded ones and then you look at it on a Linux computer and it looks like a horrible box. Yeah. Um, what I'm going to just look at now is there's a, there's a new way, there's a new CSS property for uh, being able to style those common elements. Yeah, you know you said there's that new element, new HTML element. Yeah. Why not just have new, uh, like, add the ability to style the existing ones, and then the existing ones are going to be backwards compatible, and older browsers would just ignore the CSS. I Why is don't have the answer for that. I don't Why? know. I assume because this is doing something something different. Okay. And it's difficult. You can't mess about with the original. It might break some old things. I don't know. I thought that was in the spec for CSS and HTML though that the browser has always been built to ignore anything it doesn't understand intentionally. So there's always been this case that you could add new stuff and, you know, progressive enhancement, right? Mm-hmm. In fact, we need to explain what progressive enhancement is. Is that a thing? Have we ever talked about that on the podcast? I don't know. Well, yeah, I'm pretty sure you can explain it quite quickly. Oh, God, now you put me on the spot. So I see progressive enhancement as so you can build something that works fine. Yeah. And then you add a layer of functionality to it that makes it better. So, And the, the common example is um, stairs and an escalator. Oh, am I thinking about it the wrong way around? That's... No, that's a fallback, isn't it? I'm thinking so of a fallback. It, so an escalator has a fallback that when it 
switches off. Oh, it's yeah. not powered. It falls back to a set of stairs. Yes, you're right. Okay, but, I can't think yeah. of a good example. Apart from a cake yeah. that's fine on its own, but when you add a layer of icing around it, it's even better. Progressive enhancement. That's progressive enhancement. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, in, in tech, the common thing is that you build something that works on an old device just fine. But if you have a newer device or a newer browser, then you might get extra functionality that yeah. makes your experience better. But it's still fundamentally the core of it works for people on the old tech, right? That's the that's yeah. the core of it, isn't it? It's so the example of the select menu, the the, the standard drop down, the form <laughs> drop down, that has always been around. It's been around years and years. Yeah. But when people started having smaller devices, you know, phones, you don't yeah. want a fiddly drop down to yeah. use on your phone. That's why it was it was it was enhanced so yes. that it works slightly differently on a phone, so that it's, yes. it's bigger and easier to, to but, access. But like even CSS in the early days of browsers, some of them didn't support CSS, did they? Yeah. So that would have been progressive enhancement. The fact yeah. that an old HTML browser would still show the HTML. And it would look but pretty in, ropey, but fine. But it still work, yeah. yeah. And then a newer browser would render all the CSS and make it look pretty. Yeah. So that even just CSS in itself is progressive enhancement. Yeah, absolutely right, yeah. Can I tell you about our latest Twitter followers? You surely can. Is that the accent you're committing to? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've got Gabrielle Jamora. Howdy, partner. Jake Taylor. Howdy, partner. Brad Smith. Howdy, partner. Oh, God. <laughs> Dolores Penn. Howdy, partner. John Simmons. Howdy, partner. <laughs> K3 Lopez. Howdy, partner. Ivan. Howdy, partner. Just Ivan on its own. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Kevin Decker. Howdy, partner. Sibylla Lederer. Howdy, partner. This is very repetitive and very irritating. <laughs> Last one, all M. Howdy, partner. Oh, blimey. Good to have you with us. Right. Bad, Bad usability, usability nightmares. Right, you've got a great one. Do you remember what? Do you remember what you were going to tell me about? Yes. Is this? Were, you, were we talking about the time when we both went for a, a coffee in our hometown? In our hometown. Yeah. In a, in a cafe. Yeah. yeah. So what? I, what actually happened? I, I wasn't really aware of what was going on but i just know that there was a man behind me that was arguing with the uh, with the waitress yeah i think they were struggling that day service wise weren't they yeah and um I, this guy ordered a glass of wine right uh a large glass of wine and it arrived yeah and he said to the um the waiter that brought it over uh, excuse me is this a, a large glass because they he'd ordered a large glass of wine and the waiter said yes it is and he goes well, it's just that it, I mean, it looks like a large glass, but it, it's not got much in it. Is that definitely a large measure? <laughs> and then the waiter goes, the waiter goes, yes, well, it is a large glass, but it's a small amount of liquid. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, it, I just what? couldn't stop laughing for about 10 minutes afterwards. What? So he'd asked for a large glass of wine and, and they'd just given it in, in a small glass of wine in a bigger receptacle yeah so that i don't know like i don't know if they just interpreted that as like he wanted the larger receptacle and wasn't bothered about the quantity of liquid i mean i'm assuming it was an error from like the from the bar that was doing the drinks or whatever but um just how bad service is that like you, you'd want them you'd want the weights have to go oh i'm so sorry it looks like they've given you a, a small measure there Let, did you want a large let me correct that for you yeah but and just sort it out, not just, go. Oh yes, actually, 
just just you to, are right. Just, that's just, a large glass. To state the obvious, when he goes, when he goes, is this a large glass? And just go, yeah, it's a large glass. I mean, he wasn't talking about the, the receptacle, was he? He was talking about the quantity of liquid, clearly. Uh, but hang on, but but it still doesn't make sense. Like if I asked for a gallon of beer, no, that doesn't make sense because I am, I suppose, asking. No, that is that is it. He asked, asked for a large glass of wine. You expect a large glass, not a large well, it glass, a large glass with it... some wine, <laughs> with a small amount of wine. <laughs> oh, but it's just—it's just the waiter's audacity to turn around and just go, "Yes, it is a large glass, but with a small amount of liquid in it." Just <laughs> can I have a burger, but in a on a massive plate? Well, it's like yeah, if he, if he said, "Can I have the large burger, please?" I don't know if that. No, on, that doesn't. Sense. It, doesn't it doesn't work in anything, any other context, does it? Well, I don't if, know, if you, it? well, if you ask for a large plate, you wouldn't expect a larger serving of food. If you asked for a large packet of crisps, for example, they could give you a large packet of crisps, but with only three uh, crisps in. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like for our American audience, we need to say we mean chips. Yeah, but we don't mean chips. We don't know because that, that means fries. For yeah, Americans. For, yeah, God, this, this is just confusing now. That's fine. That's fine. Do we have any other usability nightmares? Can I can I tell you a story that I just remembered earlier yeah. about uh, when I was a lot younger, when I was a student, and I I managed to scam a uh, car park in Cambridge. What do you mean scam a car park? This isn't a podcast about tips of how to do crime. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it feels a bit naughty. Actually, I'm kind of admitting to a you're to admitting a to crime. Answer. This isn't good, is it? I, well, I think it's a funny story. So, All right, fine. Um, so we went to Cambridge to see uh, a good friend of ours and we stayed over a few nights and I parked my car in a multi-storey car park that was quite expensive. It right. was like so much uh, a day. Like ludicrously expensive. Yeah. yeah. So we, we'd say that like two or three days and we were due to pay something stupid like £40 in parking. And we'd... £40? I can't remember. I'm just... In parking? Something stupid. Like, it's centre of Cambridge. Right, big, okay. Big, posh city it's going to be expensive right well i and suppose we, but 40 pound in parking i know well, we, that's like renting it for several I suppose days. you are renting a parking yeah. space aren't you but, but you we, can't sleep there <laughs> <laughs> you could have had a camper van oh yeah but we um we agreed to split it we were fine with it but then we realized uh we've been there a couple of days and we're due to leave the following day and we looked at the parking ticket and we realized it's on the parking ticket uh that we'd been given so we could pay. Um, it said lost tickets will be charged from nine a.m. Charged, charged from that. What, what do you mean? But how? How much did the lost? It didn't specify any more than that. It said lost tickets. Oh, will be charged from nine a.m. So you could stay there all week, save your tickets being lost, and then you'll only have you'll only be charged from nine a.m. on the day that we left. Yeah. Oh, so that's... we did this. We went to the we went to the attendant and said, "I'm really sorry, we've lost our ticket." And it was quite funny because the attendant was like, well, uh, you, would you like to take another look for it? Because I am going to have to charge you from 9am if you can't find your ticket. You're going to get charged. And we're like, oh, Oh, no. that's so, oh, that's so... going to be so expensive. Oh, Since 9am. Yeah. Oh. How... <laughs> <laughs> Known for well, you've been there all week. Yeah. And we we, we paid only for 9am for, for to the point we left on the day we left. Uh, yeah, to the point we left on the day we left. And uh, yeah. Scam, scammed them good and proper. I should should I be admitting to this? I don't think we should be. I don't think we should be down now. I don't think. 
I don't think it's that bad <laughs> to be worth someone's time. But I just don't think that we should be condoning doing companies out of some money. No. But 40 quid, that does sound very expensive. It was an expensive car park. It was like £17 a day or something, I think. <laughs> and it added up. Anyway, that is the end of the podcast. If you've seen or used something unusable recently, we want to hear about it. You can email us at podcast at com, And we're on Twitter at unusablepodcast. If you've enjoyed this, there's plenty more. The last episode was the interview with Doug Collins. And on YouTube, we've got a video called What If Your Shower Was A Website? We also have unusable t-shirts and hoodies available to buy on our website, which is podcast.theunusable.com. Music is by Gold5472. Please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts so you'll get a notification about the next one. And that's it until next time. Goodbye. Bye.